This county's count podcast discusses the governor's combined state of the state and budget address, opportunities to shape state and federal policy affecting counties by participating on one of ISACO's seven policy committees, and the February NACO Legislative Conference in Washington, D.C. I'm joined by ISACO Executive Director Joe McCoy to talk about Governor Pritzker's recent combined state of the state and 2025 budget address delivered to a joint session of the Illinois General Assembly on February 21st. The start of the spring session has been slow now, but the governor has given his state of the state and budget address. It looks like we're off and running. That's exactly right, Tiffany. The calendar says the legislative year begins in January, but outside of some committee meetings and the filing of hundreds of bills, the legislative process begins slowly and picks up momentum in March and April. Because this is an election year, legislative activity will be a little more sluggish until after the primary, but that's quickly coming up on March 19th. But the annual State of the State and Budget Address is where the governor formally announces his priorities to the General Assembly. We hear reactions from the legislative leaders and, of course, various interest groups weigh in on how the proposals will affect their members or constituencies. So how will the governor's proposed budget affect counties? We're still reviewing the details of his overall budget proposal, but a couple of issues have become apparent to us. First, the governor isn't proposing any changes to the percentage of income tax revenue shared with counties and municipalities through the local government distributive fund, often referred to as LGDF revenue. Local governments currently receive 6.47% of total income tax collections. This percentage has been incrementally increased over the last few years because the governor and the General Assembly have worked cooperatively with counties and municipalities to share a little more revenue. Over the last couple of years, ISACO has been representing counties within a coalition mostly consisting of municipal associations to restore the percentage of LGDF revenue shared with local governments back to the full 10% share distributed until the funding source was cut substantially back in 2011. We definitely appreciate that Governor Pritzker and legislators have worked with us in recent years to provide a modicum of additional revenue, but we remain committed to a full restoration back to 10% and will continue to work with our coalition partners to achieve it. I will say that this revenue source is more substantial for our municipal partners because the revenue is distributed on a per capita basis, but counties do receive distributions based upon the population within counties that reside in unincorporated areas. So to to recap, the governor isn't proposing a reduction in LGDF revenue, but he's also not proposing the increase that we are seeking. The second issue I had referred to concerns the governor's proposal to permanently eliminate the 1% sales tax on groceries. The revenue generated from the grocery tax is estimated at somewhere between $325 and $350 million annually, and this money is distributed to local governments. Our listeners may recall that this tax was temporarily suspended in 2022 as part of the COVID response, but the General Assembly and Governor offset the lost revenue to municipalities and counties with another funding source, and the fiscal impact was essentially a wash. The Governor's current proposal to eliminate the tax does not include replacement funds to keep local governments whole. Look, I think there's going to be a lot of support for eliminating a tax that many people consider to be regressive in nature. ISACO doesn't have a position on the elimination of the tax per se, but we do want to work constructively and cooperatively with the Governor and General Assembly to replace the local revenues that would be lost should the tax be eliminated. 
So I recall that the governor's office is suggesting that counties and municipalities would be able to impose the tax locally to replace lost revenues. As far as we can tell, there isn't any existing statutory authority for all counties and municipalities to impose a sales tax on groceries locally. So it doesn't appear that this is really an option. What will the financial impact be for counties? We are currently collecting this information from our member counties and we'll make it available on our website and share it with the governor's office and legislators. I suspect that, just as with LGDF revenue, the cost impact will be a bigger deal for cities, villages, and towns because they have more businesses within their corporate boundaries that sell groceries subject to the sales tax, but we will certainly know more about that soon. I do know that our municipal partners, like us, are working to figure out the revenue impacts. Advocating on behalf of counties on policy issues like this is a key mission of ISACO. How can county officials become more engaged in legislative advocacy on this and other issues? ISACO has created seven policy committees that our members can serve on and work within the association to develop, shape, and propose state and federal policies that benefit counties. Four of our policy committees have enough members to begin their work. We require a minimum of five on each committee. The four we have up and running are Community, Economic, and Workforce Development, Environment, Energy, and Land Use, Public Health, and Justice and Public Safety. We are very close to standing up three additional committees, and those include Agricultural and Rural Affairs, Transportation, and Arts and Culture. We have a well-defined process for developing issues, collecting member input, and choosing what positions to take on legislation, but that's probably a good topic for another podcast. That said, we are encouraging elected officials and staff members from ISACO member counties or affiliate organizations to submit their names to serve on one or more of our policy committees. We have a section on our website at uh, www.isacoil.org with information about these committees, current members, and a form to apply to join one or more of the policy committees. All submissions of interest will come to us and then we'll forward them to our president, Kendall County Circuit Clerk Matt Prochaska, for his consideration as the appointing authority. How often will these policy committees meet? We're really leaving that up to each committee. We expect a minimum of four meetings a year, and these meetings are held over Zoom. But if a committee wants to meet more frequently, they certainly can. Three of our policy committees met for the first time a few weeks ago, and two of them requested monthly meetings at least for a while. That's completely fine. The committees belong to our members, and we want to accommodate their wishes. These committees are largely modeled along the lines of the committee structure used by the National Association of Counties. NACO's committees met actually last month during NACO's 2024 Legislative Conference. Can you talk a little bit about the conference? Certainly. ISACO staff attended the NACO Legislative Conference, which was held in Washington, D.C. during the second week of February. We had about 80 county officials and staff members from Illinois in attendance. Seven interim policy resolutions were sponsored by Illinois county officials or staff members. And these uh, interim policy resolutions went before the relevant NACO policy steering committees and all of them were approved as official positions of NACO. Illinois is very fortunate to have a lot of county officials and staff members involved in NACO governance and policy. We have six Illinoisans on NACO's board of directors and very broad representation on the various standing committees and policy steering committees. So as one of the larger states, Illinois plays a very significant role in NACO policy and decision making. 
We have a list of Illinois County officials and staff who serve on the NACO board and various committees available on our website, again, at www.isacoil.org. It was my first NACO conference, and there was a lot going on. (laughs) NACO conferences are definitely chock full of activity. Besides the board of directors and numerous committee meetings, the conference is loaded with education sessions and networking opportunities. Being a legislative conference, several important federal officials participated and spoke to attendees. This included President Biden, who addressed the conference. I've actually seen two presidents speak at NACO conferences. Can you talk about the importance of networking at these conferences? Sure. One of the most valuable opportunities presented by these events is the opportunity to meet and build relationships with other people who have the same job but live in other Illinois counties or even counties in other states. I think there's a sense of shared purpose, having a similar mission, that creates unique bonds among these officials. People develop lifetime friendships with each other because of their interactions at these conferences. People can talk about the issues they're dealing with in their counties with people who are able to listen and, uh, most importantly, understand in a way that people without the same backgrounds or experiences just simply can't. They can share how they resolve a similar problem and offer up best practices. And don't discount the value of being able to commiserate with someone over challenges and setbacks. Someone may say, you wouldn't believe what happened in my county a few months ago. And the response may be, wow, that's really terrible. I'm so sorry, but wait until you hear what happened in my county. The human element is very real. And along with the education sessions and opportunities to shape policy, makes attendance at NACO conferences extremely valuable and worthwhile. I thought the Illinois County's dinner was a great example of encouraging relationships among county officials. Can you talk about that? Absolutely, and, and it really was. We had phenomenal attendance at the dinner. ISACO partners with our friends at the United Counties Council of Illinois to hold a dinner during the two NACO conferences each year. This year's dinner was held at the National Press Club, which everybody seemed to love, and we had close to 110 attendees, including NACO staff, leaders from other states, and guests of our county officials. When you can draw a crowd like that, people notice, and because of it, we were privileged to be visited by and hear speeches from the three candidates running to be elected as NACO second vice president. That election will occur at the NACO annual conference in July, and our delegation will figure out who we want to support prior to the election. In some cases, our delegation votes as a block, but they also have the option to apportion their votes on a county-by-county basis. It's really up to them to decide how they want to do it. But needless to say, it was a very successful dinner, and we're extremely appreciative of the special relationship we have with our partners at the United Counties Council of Illinois. If you want to be successful, it always comes back to relationships, respect, and partnerships. You can't do it alone. Thank you for the conversation, and thank you to our listeners for tuning in.